Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let's just call it the kickoff to the weekend. Hour three Thursday, Lori and Julie on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. We're streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. You can find us on the MyTalk app. And if you listen on the app or on the website, get lit. With a $1,500 Lighting RX makeover from Southern Lights, the only way you can get that, if you're registered with Listener Rewards, you can also win a $200 staple gift card, $100 to Dick's Sporting Goods, gift cards to Starbucks and Chipotle, so get registered. Lori's here, Brittany's here, Rocco's here, I'm here, so it's like a little clown car stuffed. It is. Mm-hmm. We gotta play Brittany's Mayhem. little, we gotta play Brittany's little snippet. Oh, well, we gotta get Rocco on yeah, that one. Rocco, I forgot. <laughs> we like, when Brittany's here, I like it at the three four and five is okay. announcement. Is it at the beginning of the song? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's what we like. Um, okay, is it the, the give me song more. called give me Oh, more. Give Me More? Yeah. yeah. You know. From the from the classic album Blackout. Uh, oh, Britney Spears. Hollywood know that. <laughs> yes, it's of Britney's course. It's Britney's best. Mm. Follow her on Instagram. I follow her everywhere. Yeah, I know. Follow her to the ends of these earths. Do you worry about Britney of or... Course. Pray yeah. for Britney. I, I'd pray for Spears going before hashtags were a thing. Yeah. I used to end my texts, and this is when you could only have a certain amount of numbers oh or letters. My gosh. I used to do pray for, for Spears br- with a four oh to my save, gosh. save time. Yeah. By a yeah. brief. Thank yeah. you. Yes, well, I'm she, very worried about her. She's trying to make her conservatorship be open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her dad doesn't want it to be open. I'm on the side of like, why does it need to be open news to everybody? But yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cher, I think we should let Cher decide. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Remember uh, when Cher was worried about Britney for a hot second? Like when she, she was trying to volunteer at the post office. I love that Cher. I love that Cher is like me mm. with her attention span. Yes. And it's like, next thing you know, she's like, yeah, I care about Britney's. Now the post office. office now, right. It's all capital. It's all crazy. I love it. It really is. Okay, so Rocco, what was the other thing that I... um. What was the other thing I asked you to get for me? I'm really like losing my mind here. I can't remember. It was my other audio I'm that I asked you for. Too. It was oh, it's Baskin. For, it's for Karen. Yeah, yeah we are, we've moved on. We've talked about that. <laughs> it's I'm as sorry. dead as her ex husband. Okay, here. Oh. How about this? Let's go to the New York Film Festival. We have a review of the Bill Murray movie on the Rocks, mm-hmm. um, which will be in. Select theaters October 2nd and on Apple Plus three weeks later. Okay. Okay. And it's, uh, I believe this is the uh, Sofia Coppola directing um, Bill Murray, you know, who celebrated his birthday in New York City wearing a floppy birthday cake hat with candles on it Aww. and getting filmed for SNL. And he's, he's an adorable kook. I know. I kind of wanted Julia to date him for a while, but she said he's, not he's too old. Yeah, I could see that. I could see her saying that. I feel but like you know. Wait a second. I don't think so. I feel like Bill Murray. She'd have a ton of fun with him, and I feel uh-huh. like he's got Cialis. Julia's celebrity boyfriend Martin Short is the same age. age. So he is seven. Martin Short is seventy, 70 years old. That's right. So, she crushes on him. So technically, Martin Short is older than Bill Murray. Here's the thing. Yeah, Julia is going to date 
a young guy. Well, I'm just saying. I've, I just, I, I, I want. I think she'd be great with Bill Murray. And if we could somehow make, make that, happen, that happen, I would be elated. I just, yeah. She, I, yeah. It's not you're, gonna happen. You're feeling the vibe. Yeah. Of, um, she, I'm pretty sure she's gonna end up dating my brother. I just have this weird feeling. Do you? Yes. I just feel like. Yeah. Does she know that? She has uh, informed me <laughs> that, uh, well, she's asked, which I found out I had a brother. I haven't informed him that he is a very handsome guy. Oh. But she was already like, so how old is your brother? And I have this weird feeling they're somehow going to date. I've, oh. not, I've only told my mom this. Wow. This is very woo-woo, Brittany. I, I like it. You're welcome. All right. Well, here, do we want to know, okay, an ingenious Bill Murray will make you miss New York City. Uh, in... The pantheon of perfect Bill Murray roles. Uh, Rocco, what's your favorite Bill Murray? Um, Caddyshack, I... <laughs> Groundhog Day, or Lost in Translation. Those are your choices. Uh, of those three, I'll go with Groundhog Day. Groundhog? Yep. All right, Holly. Yeah, I'm going to go with Groundhog Day, too. Okay. I mean, I'll say Caddyshack, but it's actually Groundhog Day. For it sure. is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Lost in Translation. That one's a close second. It is a close second. I think I'm fond of it because it was filmed in Japan. You know, and it yeah. just like gave me the feels. It, Maybe yeah. that's it. But anyway, his smooth talking character in the new movie comedy on the rocks ranks as one of his best. Mm. Um, this is uh, Johnny Alinsky from the New York Post. He plays Felix. Listen to this. Mm. A suave New York Renaissance man and art dealer. I mean, that's going against type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh it, he he said, this is a wonderful movie. Um, let's see. He brought back the New York City we all miss like hell. The city of late night spontaneity we're told we might not get back. Um, all of us, for example, have experienced some version of this scene. In the middle of the movie, a cop pulls over Felix's red sports car, which he's been speeding like a NASCAR driver up and down Manhattan, spots a bottle of champagne. The officer says, get out of the car. And then, you know, Felix, of course, knows the Irish cop, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's this guy's example. He said, uh, it's a funny and slyly emotional movie, and it's really good. Rashida Jones is in it. Mm. She plays his less flashy daughter who suspects her husband, Dean, played by Marlon Wayans, Mm -hmm. is cheating on her with a leggy new business partner. Mm. So... Felix has him followed and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, sounds good. Sounds good. I love that it's going to be on Apple Plus in three weeks because I have that. So I'll probably watch it. Yeah. But I I won't watch it when it first comes out. No. No, I think I could wait. Well, are any of us going to the movie theaters? I mean, they are open. No. Uh, I got to pass on that. No. Do you think people are going since it's only 25% capacity and... I mean, I know people have gone. gone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. What was it? The transport. Well, that one. That one brought out some people that were very interested. And then tenet, the, You mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Did yeah, I say transport tenet? tenet. Yeah. Thank you. How did you know? That's what I meant. Do, uh, I'm, I, I'm used to Julia, and I read her mind all the time. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> the random thoughts. I'm really channeling her. Right. Um. Yes. I. I. They. They went for that. I think you have to find one that really inspires you to want to go high ceiling. Yes. Yeah. And I've yet to be like, I need to go. Okay. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Mm -hmm. uh, He's in, uh, excuse me, he was on the Howard Stern show. And of course, Howard was like very intrigued about that, you know, hot Fox, Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly. And, you know, they met on a movie set. 
And Machine Gun Kelly said he didn't, I didn't know what love was until the two of us made eye contact. I believe it. That's when I was like, whoa. Oh, that's deep. He said that was my first experience. I couldn't believe that could exist. And of course, they um, they met in a movie that's called Midnight in the Switchgrass. <laughs> Just sounds <laughs> like so it could hot. be. Doesn't it sound no, hot? I don't hot. know that it is hot. I feel like it's a. I mean, like I Megan never Fox heard of it. is yeah. an undercover cop or something like that. You know, has it? That one has. It's came, not out yet, yeah, but then okay. she starred in his um, video. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Time. I would like to watch them open mouth kiss often. I think they are hot and heavy in a way that like I didn't know I needed. Yeah. I'm like. Shades of Billy Bob and Angelina back in the day when those two were all over each other. Yes. Like that kind of dirty relationship. We were like, yeah, they're definitely, I would watch that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What is another little story I can just. Uh, have you guys heard of this movie, Kajillionaire? Yes. Okay, well, Holly, what do you know about it? Uh, it has Evan Rachel Wood, Deborah Winger, Richard mm. Jenkins. It's directed by a woman named Miranda July, and she's a filmmaker. She's an artist. But buzz about this is that it might be Miranda July's breakout movie. And they're like, they're, they play con people, small time con f- family members. I love grifting movies. Yeah, it is a, it is a grifting too. movie. That's a perfect way to put <gasps> yeah. it. Yeah, this is a grifting movie. Oh, I love and it. the family dysfunction that involves a family full of grifters. Oh, and, and Deborah Winger and Richard Jenkins are married to each other. Yes. And Evan Rachel Woods, I believe she plays their daughter. Okay. Yes, she does. She does. Because yeah. she was on. Um, she was on Conan the night before last. Yeah, it's a critic's pick for the New York Times. It a is. Lot, and it has like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, the buzz around this one's really good. It is. And then will this be, is this going to stream? It sounds like it's a, could end up being a streaming movie. Uh, yeah, it's going on video on demand okay. on October 16th. So it's going to be out in theaters for a couple of weeks. And okay. then we'll be able to watch it on our couches in the middle of next month. All right. Well, I I guess you know what I feel like I want to go out and support a movie theater. Like I'm thinking about the Highland Theater. I'm thinking how high that ceiling is in there. I mean, if something would go there right now, it's just tenant, and yeah. I don't really. I guess. Does anyone want to see that movie? Yeah. I want to see that. Movie. You do, Rocco? Would you? I like that stuff, but Why I have not go? gone to any theaters. Is I, it because you're not comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's things I I'm happy to get sick from, and yeah, going to a dumb movie isn't one of them. Got it. I see. Not, it's got nothing to do with how few people are in there or how right. high the ceilings it's just, are. It's not worth it to me, really. There's plenty of stuff to watch at home. I feel bad. I went to a, a benefit last night for the Trilon Cinema in yeah. South Minneapolis. They had they showed some outdoor stuff, and it helped raise some money. But you know what? I, but I feel bad for them, too. You know? Yeah. yeah. I want to help, but I don't want to go. Holly, but Hollywood <laughs> yeah. isn't turning the spigot on Yeah, either. that's true. Right. That's well, true. They're turning it off, off because we reported yesterday that Disney is basically like, 2020, eh, whatever. We're going to reschedule everything for 2021. Well, you can tell with the remake of Mulan, let me tell you. Oh. Did you watch that? Yes. And there was no singing. Really? Yes. <laughs> there was zero singing. And I watched it with my the neighbor. We, you know, we grew up with our neighbor girls. And I watched it with them. And I was like, you guys, just wait. Wait, this is going to be like, so Let's amazing. I was like, down to bit. I kept trying to sing it. And they were like, what are you, what? what? Like, and there was no music. 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. It did. It busted in, in Asia, the Asia market. It's, I mean, like the was, Chinese didn't like it at all because they took too many liberties with it. Yeah. Let me tell you, all I did is saying we should just stop it and watch the animated one. Let's just do that. Like <laughs> they kept getting stop. mad at me because I was like, this is terrible. All right. Listen, we got to go. It is time. We're going to talk with her, uh, Holly and get the dirt alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Holly. All right. We got a grab bag of dirt this afternoon. We're going to, the art world has been a theme throughout today's episode of the Lori and Julia. So Ellen DeGeneres is selling $10 million worth of artwork in the Hamptons. She put million. Yes. Some $10 million in art from her private collection is now going on the auction block. And some of the pieces she's offloading have been glimpsed during remote shows. So, Lori, you are the talk show host who knows the most okay. about talk shows. Okay. So you were watching Ellen when she was doing her shows during quarantine. <laughs> some of them- <laughs> They're so bad. Well, so you've already got a preview of some of these pieces. Some of them are from a French designer that are priced at around 500000 to a $1 million each. Some of them have already been sold. Are uh, these her sheep? Yes. Oh, people would pay money for that? I couldn't even believe she paid money for it. Yeah. The sheeps who are benches? Yes. The and sheeps- decapitated? Yes. Oh. Yes. And then she's also selling a Basquiat. And she's also selling an Alexandrin Calder mobile sculpture. So, uh, and then she's selling another Basquiat. I mean, it pays to be the queen of nice. Mm. Mm. I guess that's already wearing out with her. Oh, what the art, the, the queen of nice phrase? Well, yeah, well, she was trying to be self-deprecating during her quote-unquote apology at the beginning of the week, being like, well, it's not so I watched her yesterday, nice. and she, I thought she was going to dance. She came so close to dancing, but she just basically patted Twitch, and then he went and danced. It's still not a good look. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then when you bring on noted celebrity jerk Alec Baldwin to defend your noted celebrity jerk behavior. And he told her they're going to try for another baby. His daughter wants, or his daughter, his wife wants a girl. That's insane. That's insane. (laughs) And they just had their fifth Fifth kid. They have five children under the age of seven. That's insane, you guys. (laughs) Like... Yeah. That's insane. I'm on team. I'm with you, Brittany, from earlier in the show when you were talking. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. About doing some babysitting and some schooling with your with your uh, nieces and nephews. Yeah. Man, one hour with my nephews. I'm like, oh. yeah, okay, I love them. Love right. them to death. 
Yeah. But it is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. That is a serious, serious job. It is. Yeah. Uh, Downton Abbey is going to be coming back for a second movie. That's according oh, to. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's according to Jim Carter. He plays Mr. Carson on Downton Abbey. And he was on a breakfast chat show confirming that he's already seen the script for the second film and everything. When he was asked about it, he said the script is very funny and it's got all the same characters in it, all the regular characters. Yes. Good. Well, that was such a fun movie. And it was so great to see it on the big screen. Man, it was great. Okay, so I only watched a few episodes ever. Of the TV show? Am I just too far gone to enjoy it? Or should I try oh, no, to Oh, no, you could just watch Downton Abbey the movie. Okay, You could cool. just watch that right. standalone. Right, cool. Or you can even just watch the first couple of seasons of Downton Abbey. And I feel like after that... After I just jump right into that movie. Do the movie. All right, cool. I wanted to hear that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. All right. One of the top stories this afternoon, Mandy Moore announced on her Instagram account that she is pregnant. So this is going to be her first child with her husband, Taylor Goldsmith, his first kid as well. And she shared a series of photos on Instagram of her growing bumps. So she said that they're expecting a baby boy early 2021. Wow. And I think that that This Is Us, they got back to filming like that movie, that TV show is going to be back in the beginning, like. Like in two weeks, you guys. Yeah. So season five is coming back October 27th. So, oh, okay. So, so more month, than that. You know, okay. Yeah. Two All weeks right. a month. Who's really counting here? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's going to be back October 22nd or 7th. Excuse me. It was supposed to air on November 10th. So we weren't going to get new episodes until November. Now we've got them. So if you want to have a good cry or you're following that I show. I love that still, show. It's so good. Am I, are Colleen and I the only two that yeah. watch that show? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. I can't do it. I love it. Yeah. I tried. I didn't. <laughs> I tried a few episodes of This Is Us and then I was just like, you know, this show isn't for me, but I'm glad that everybody else likes it. It's it's really good, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Selena Gomez <laughs> Selena Gomez online showing off her kidney transplant scar in a swimsuit for an empowering post. She said, I feel confident in who I am and what I went through. Now remember she underwent a kidney transplant in twenty seventeen to treat her lupus. And Selena received the organ donation from her f- close friend, Francia. And today, Selena posted the swimsuit picture, admitting that she would once try to hide her kidney transplant scar, but now she is showing it. She is wearing a very cute scuba-inspired one-piece. Is it that thing on her leg? Yes. Why is the kidney transplanted in the thigh, in the inside of the thigh? I am not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV, Lori. <laughs> but I'm Answer a- us, Holly. Answer us I now. mean, do they run the, the kidney up through... Your leg? It could very well be. Wow. It's on the inner right leg. It's really yeah. not. I mean, is it? I feel like it's not that big of a deal. Like, it well, doesn't look that bad at all. Well, no, but I can see where you would, like, I people guess if that's are, your job, then pe- you're yeah, very insecure. Yeah, people are, like, everyone's always, good for her for doing that, but yeah. I'm really good for her for it, alerting us that a kidney transplant, <laughs> your scar <laughs> is not on your side, but it's going to be yeah, in the inner. Yeah, it doesn't look, it looks... I completely mean, not where I, I thought it never, was going to be. I would have been like, she has a scratch on her. Like right. I would not have yeah. thought anything of it. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. It, it's one of those things where we all have our little totally. things about us mm-hmm. that we're self-conscious about, right. but somebody else would be like, what? I didn't even notice that. Didn't even notice it. Didn't it is a pretty notice. big scar. True. Yes. It's, but it's just, a, yeah, it, it didn't look that, I don't know. When you're yeah. right, everyone has things. But. Yeah, everyone has things. Um, you know, we talked about this in the three o'clock dirt alert update, but Demi Lovato and her fiance Max Erich 
have split. Oh, they did split already. According to a source mm-hmm. at the Daily Mail, oh. after just six months following accusations that Max sent thirsty messages to Selena Gomez. Ooh. So <laughs> that see somebody likes the scar. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So people.com has the exclusive story now saying that it was a tough decision. The source tells people that they have respect and love for one another and will always cherish the time that they spent together, that they were just together for like six months. Like, think about six months, where we've gone, and that that was their whole relationship. Yeah, we were worried. You know what, quite frankly, I'm glad that she's made this decision because Um, I was like thinking this is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, anything... (laughs) being hot and heavy right now the only people i believe in is machine gun kelly and because they met before the midnight and the switchgrass started filming like in january i don't know why but they're the only real love story (laughs) in my life right now including my own right and i am here but yes of course not of course they didn't last and good go do your own thing yeah so they got engaged two months ago when Mm -hmm. max proposed to demi in malibu on july 22nd and we had the exclusive photographs. We had all of the details. Yep. We even had the press release for the massive mm-hmm. diamond ring that Demi Lovato probably bought for herself to give to Max to propose to her. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, she might have just like realized, I don't really know this guy. Oh, my what? gosh, you guys. What if now she gets crap for keeping the ring? <laughs> Oh. Well, she can just say, I married myself. I bought yeah. it. I married I myself. I bought it. Like, because yeah. you know he's going to be like, and she kept the ring. And they're like, yeah, we know, because she bought it. Yeah. And so with these tweets, 10 days ago, David Lovato slammed these tweets, alleged tweets from Max, where he professed his love for Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus. She was saying they were fake, but they were from like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, was, he's been looking to meet somebody, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a little targeted grifter. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems all very Hitchcockian. Yeah. So many grifters. There's so many grifters, so little time. <laughs> all right. Listen, what are we? Oh, we're coming back. We got theories, and then we got traffic, which is not based on. Well, the theory is that people's phones have become one of their closest, closest friends. What are you talking about? <laughs> As Brittany's looking at her phone. What? <laughs> What do you mean? How could that be? Yeah, our phones have become oh. one of our dearest, dearest friends. And a recent survey asked people uh, if different things that you would give up for a month or give up your phone. And the average person would rather give up alcohol, coffee, Netflix, and social media before they hand over their phone all of those all together all the, for a month easily easily, easily. would you agree with that 100 percent, Rocco yes I think so even sex would you give up sex for a month not to have your phone I wouldn't I would no way I'd be so crabby <laughs> it's I, I heard I hate going into like the grocery store for like 30 seconds without my phone isn't it bad why I might forget something or you need to look up a recipe or it's called a post-it play note Pokemon. oh I see <laughs> you're playing Pokemon well a thousand Americans were asked and 72% of us said booze would be the number one thing that they'd give up for their phone yeah. 70% said Netflix and and they'd even give up any other streaming. Coffee at 64%. Uh, 
thank goodness, sex is down at 47%. So it's a 50-50 for that. And uh, your significant other is right below sex at 42%. But we give up our significant other? Yes, like, and a pet. You'd give a pet, okay, a pet for a month. I, that's where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you give up forever? People said they'd give up exercise forever to keep their phone. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, right. Um, 57% would give up Amazon. And 39% would never go on a vacation again if they could keep their smartphone. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? That is. I watched. Did you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix? No, I did not. It's really good. Yeah. It really. But makes... does it tell us anything we don't already know? Or does it yes. just make us scarier, more scared? No, I think it it, it really, you kind of start looking at it um, at time, you valuing your time as a commodity mm-hmm. and looking at it as these these apps, all they want is your time and, and kind of why right now we are so with politics kind of polarized in different and wh- why that's become that way. The social media machine has fed yes. into that. Yeah, yeah. because it, they, their big thing is to keep your eyeballs on the screen. So they're going to feed you more of what you want and, and lean your certain way. And that's why um, it's been farther away more than ever. Right. And it talks a lot about that and, and just kind of about what age, what a lot of a lot of people in the tech world won't give their kids phones, won't give them accounts, won't and, you know, and you kind of look at they that know. because they know. Whoa. And it was a lot of that. See, it's it's worth watching. Okay, I'd say there are some things that's obvious, but just hearing it, you kind of find yourself. Yeah, going, maybe I should. Maybe we leave my phone at home sometimes. Like, yeah, I I literally have nobody who needs me for emergencies. Nobody. You know how people are like, I should have my phone if my kid calls. Nobody's calling me for emergencies ever. So I don't need my phone on me all the time. Right. I don't. Yeah, but leaving home without it is painful. Well, it is. But are you able, like, if you were able, like, I know Rocco can do this because he drops off the grid and he goes up to the boundary waters. But I mean, <laughs> I do think people do have do need to take a digital detox. Yeah. Is that easy for you to do? Because um, that's a different question than saying, can you get yes. go somewhere without your phone? Because I'm the same way. I want my phone with me. Yeah, yeah. Um. Is it easy for you not to look at? Um, it's hard. Is it it's okay? It's so hard. I rely on it. I'm not good at being bored. Yeah. Um. Luckily, I'm big into reading, so thank God there's that. Because otherwise, but sometimes I read books on my phone. So, but I any square of time, you'll find me giggling at TikTok. You'll mm-hmm. find me on Instagram. I'm not. I don't know what to do with my hands and body when there's silence and I'm in a room alone. Yeah. What? We're going to work on that. I, I know. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you this because I, I have But to. do you sometimes take a break from it? I mean, don't you kind of get exhausted from even if it's fun? I, I, except, you know, my, I exercise and I run a lot and I walk a lot, but I usually am listening to something. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at being alone with my thoughts. Okay. I don't know what it, you know, yeah. I, and I should get better at like even just turning the the radio off in the car, not the radio, never turn the radio off. Yeah, you should turn never the turn the radio off. off. Right. But I just think there's something about being better at being bored and alone. Yeah. I'm, I suck at it. Yeah. All right. I understand. I don't know. I'm, I feel like, so you guys are going to start taking my phone away. No, I mean, I'm always, I mean, one of the things like Julia and I always say to each other, like I said to her this morning, I said, okay, don't, don't look at your phone all weekend. Yeah. Stay away. Don't look at Twitter. Don't look at Facebook. Don't look at Instagram. Don't look at the New York Times. Don't look at 
anything because it sucks you back in. Totally. Do you think that it really does? And then you feel so much better if you can take a cleansing digital breath and um, at least that helps me. Rocco, do you think that helps you? I just, like you said, I just did it last weekend. We went up to the Boundary Waters for three nights and yeah, it felt good. I mean, it, it was of two minds, you know. I felt good to get away from it. Then I, at, a, at the same time, I, I kind of felt guilty for getting away from it when all this stuff's going on. Going back on, here. but you can't do anything about many yeah. of these things. I mean, you're going to do what you can do, like when that, like you know what I'm saying. But it, it feels good to take a break from it. I, yeah, and I, like like you said, you know, my, uh, you know, a, a therapist told me once, you know, just turn off your Twitter for a few days and see how it makes you feel. And it's like. You're right. I can't, all these things that I'm looking at, I can't solve any of these things. I can't fix any of these things. Just don't look at it for a few days and, and you'll feel a lot better. And I think it's true. And you saw that in your the social dilemma, right? Absolutely. That's the same thing. And what really makes me worried is I find myself reaching for my phone when I'm with my nephews because they're boring. <laughs> and that's not a good way to think. Like, right. I'm kind of bored talking about Pokemon, so yeah. I'm going to pull my phone. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that about me at all. Well, like, may, maybe yeah. that's going to be something that, you know, like our little coronial kids. Yeah. Um, that they're going to be so, that they've missed friends, they've missed face-to-face, unless yeah. they're a total, in, you know, if they're an introverted kid. Yeah. They're going to want face-to-face and less screen. And and I, when I say <laughs> they're boring, I mean, I'm just being really yeah, like, yeah, you I find know. yourself, and I, I literally have to force myself to be like, I'm watching these kids right now. I do not need my phone on my hip. There's yeah. nothing I need my phone for. Like, you know, so I'm forcing myself now to be like, be in the moment. It makes the day go by so much faster if I'm not constantly seeing the time and on some app or this or that, like so much better. Yeah. But it is not, it's not like I find Facebook super stressful. Totally. So stressful. It's not, it's, it's, I have to force myself to do it. It doesn't come naturally for me to not have my phone. And when like, you know, we're working on a puzzle for me to pull out my phone and look at Instagram. Like, that's not okay. I don't want to be that aunt or that mom or whatever. So that's my big thing lately. Well, we're not alone, people. I mean, this is a thing. And one more question. If your phone was being taken away for a year, how much would you pay to keep it? 70% of people said $5,000. Let's not tell any of the uh, (laughs) telecom places that. Let's try and keep that part of that on on, uh, the down low. And here's... uh, This is a good theory to share while Julia isn't here. So one of the things when this whole thing started is that Casey and I, when the pandemic started, we really were watching, like we watched The Witcher and we watched Kingdom, Uhtred of Bebenberg. We watched um, The Last Kingdom, which was Korean zombie apocalypse, 15th Mm. century. We watched all these fantastical Scary zombie because I wanted, I thought, well, at least that's not happening. And so the theory is that researchers say that horror fans and science fiction fans might be handling the pandemic better because we we have learned to enjoy grappling with negative emotions Mm. in a safe setting. That's interesting. And this is from uh, fiction. This is from a Danish uni- university. Through the fictional viewing of these kind of scary things, people learn how to escape dangerous predators. 
navigate new social situations, practice mind reading. I love that. I love that they're turning that around to say that you're more of an optimist in a weird way. You feel less stress about it or it it. It is a comforting feeling like, you know, the world is ending and I'm okay with it. Like when we were watching the, it was either called the kingdom or the last kingdom. Did you watch that Rocco about the 16th century Korean zombie apocalypse? Wow. No, it's so good. It's crazy. I know it sounds crazy and it's scary. I just fell in love with you. Like that was the coolest (laughs) thing you've ever said. Like I always thought you were really cool in that moment. I'm like, okay, well, but I, I, after we were in Casey and I watched and I said, well, at least that's not happening. <laughs> at least we, he goes, well, you can think of the corona as a zombie. I said, but but they're not flesh-eating people coming up to us in a store, you know, biting us and we're not turning into that. You know, we yeah. we got this. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we got oh, this. Oh, that's amazing. So, that's so cool. Anyway, that's just a theory. Take that to the bank. When we come back, we got the rest of the headlines. Sing it to us, Dulipa. Okay, so the Korean zombie, you know, 15th century show, it's Kingdom. It's just called Kingdom. Bet It's quoted better than The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, and it is the best zombie horror show out now. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Two seasons. I'm in, I'm, I'm elated. Yeah, you can watch that. Okay, so uh, this was kind of a weird thing. This was on the Daily Mail, uh-huh. and... The Royal College of London recently um, discovered something that they issued to the citizens of London during the Great Plague of London in 1665. Avoid crowded places. Yeah. Quarantine. If you're feeling sick, wear face coverings. So we've not grown at all. Well, this is how pandemics, this is kind of the thing when something sweeps like I mean, they found it. It's this. Uh, it's this official health advice pamphlet issued during the Great Plague of London in 1665. It's strikingly similar to what you think that we would have grown but, from but, something. Add something into the mix. Like don't. But when things are like airborne or highly yeah, transmissible, yeah, yeah. and they jump from person to person, yeah. it's like back it's to kind basics. Of, it's kind of back to basics until you can figure out how that thing is jumping. And how you can stop it. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, kind of weird. So they've published it. and That's, yeah. It's all it's the same. It's eerie and it's also comforting. Is that uh, weird? Yeah, it it's, is kind of weird. We can deal with it. We got it. Okay, so here's a lesson. Um, if we ever get the chance to get a back-end deal on a Hollywood movie, mm. go ahead and take it. Tom Hanks and the director, Robert Zemeckis, had to put some of their own money in the Forrest Gump mm-hmm. uh, movie in exchange because the studio wouldn't give them any more money and they said okay we'll take it but yeah. if you have to give us a bigger share of the profits and tom hanks ended up making 65 million dollars on forrest gump so that's a that was a pretty decent investment yeah he didn't even it wasn't even that much but paramount said no it's too expensive it was the part of the movie where forrest is running across the country and it's yeah. these different vignettes. Remember yeah, yeah. that, you guys? Well, that's such a great part of the movie. Absolutely. It is. And then there was another scene where Paramount didn't want to pay for the insurance. So every time they would put in their own money, these couple times, they just said, we've got to get like this a half a percent or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. And yeah, um, Tom Hanks ended up. Uh, Getting $65 million. I, I wish Vince, Vincent, or not Vincent Van Patten, who's the horror guy? 
Vince, you know, the guy. Vincent Price? Yes. So when he, for Thriller, thank you, for Thriller, you know, he does that talking part. Michael Jackson offered him $10,000 to record it or a piece of the profit. And he went with the 10000 But could you imagine being set up the scenario for that? It would sound really hokey. You'd be like... But he was the king of hokey horror stuff. I know, but you you know... <laughs> and if that's not... A, that's true. And back then, the hokey horror did a lot better. But if you read that script, I could see how you'd be like, you know what? I'll just take my take money $10, now. Take $10,000. Yeah, for him, it was just probably like a Tuesday morning. Okay, I'll throw down these lines. I don't lines think he made then- very much money. They said that he was like kind of... You know, like he, he didn't make a lot of money, Vince. Vincent Price. He invested a lot of it in art. There's actually an art museum in East Los Angeles. Oh, is that what he spent the, all his dough on? Yeah, the Vincent Price Art Museum. I think it's linked up to a, a community college in East LA, and it has his name on it. You're and kidding. it houses a, his collection of art. Why oh, do you know good. that? Why do you, why do you why know that? Do you yeah, know, good question. Holly, why do you know that? Uh, that's oh. what my mom asked me when I was five. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you, why know, do you that? know that? <laughs> Where's, let's see, the art art museum the vincent price art museum and it's uh in monterey park california which is a neighborhood in east la at east los angeles college okay so go and check it out all right um scott disick and brody jenner are oh, oh boy these what? two well they will do anything for yeah, money absolutely is, is that true so yesterday they um were promoting uh some app called the gradient app which Filters your face, it can make you look Asian, Indian, European, and... um, Why does this sound really problematic? Well, look at the photos. They disabled their comments. It's the weirdest. That's... Mm. No. Well, those two do any... I'm surprised that Chris approved this. Or I know she still manages Scott Disick. Yeah, I would imagine she represents both of them, but yeah. It's basically digital blackface, Asian face, yeah. brown face. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and on brand for them. So good yeah. job. <laughs> Works for them, actually. It is kind of on brand. Now, what about this? Mel Gibson is making a Passion of the Christ sequel mm. with Jim uh, Caviezel or whatever his name was, who was in the original. He said it. I mean, I'm trying to. Th- I guess I I never saw the Isn't, Passion of the Christ, but I know the story. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, it was excruciating to sit through. It was one of the most painful movies I've ever sat through. Julia and I went, and it was huge. Everyone, I mean, it well, made we went because so we money. felt, and we yeah. we were like, it was in two thousand and four, and we're like, we should see this. Yeah, it was a very hard, very difficult movie to watch. How and did they make a sequel? Doesn't he die at the end? Well, but he comes back. Just the wait. resurrection. That's right. You know, <laughs> they, have, they have a mechanism for this. There's a resurrection, and Jim Caviezel said uh, it's going to be the biggest movie in world history. So poor Jim. Must not be getting a lot of acting offers. Anyway, I don't know. Um, He's talking big game. It did make a ton of money. It did. Mel Gibson, it cost $30 million and it made almost $700 million worldwide. It caused so much controversy. It did, you know, bring people. But that's just what I remember about it was that was a painful movie experience.
Yeah. Just sit through that movie. Kind of know the story. Brittany, bitch, thank you. (laughs) No problem. We'll see you tomorrow. Rocco, Holly, see you guys. See you then. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.